Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Hey crew, it's June, so happy Pride. With every year that passes, we see more and more wedding vendors who are celebrating diversity and inclusion in their wedding practice. But even in 2020, in a lot of parts of the world and even a lot of parts of America, LGBT plus couples aren't always celebrated. In fact, in many places, they still face discrimination. So while planning a wedding can be a stressful experience for almost any couple, for LGBT plus couples, it can be even more of a minefield. That's why today's guest and today's episode are so important. We're talking with Brittany Dry, the founder and editor-in-chief of Love, Inc. magazine, the leading equality-minded wedding blog and print publication. Brittany and her team exhaustively search out LGBT plus inclusive vendors to include them in their directory and in their publication. And she is bringing all of her knowledge and experience to help our listeners find the best way to seek out inclusive, affirming, and like-minded wedding vendors for their special day. Excited to talk about inclusivity in the wedding industry. It has definitely gotten more mainstream in the last few years, right? It's definitely gotten more mainstream, but on the flip side, I think because of that, people don't realize that it's still very much an issue and mm -hmm. couples are still coming across discrimination on a regular basis, even mm -hmm. in progressive areas, um, yeah. you know, like San Francisco and in New York. You think those places, well, everyone's equality-minded, and, and that's not the case. So I think because it's become so mainstream, it's just not on people's radar anymore. They think that they don't have to make the effort, that they don't have to make the declaration. You know, If they are a wedding mm -hmm. pro, they don't have to make the declaration that they are open to working with same-sex couples or LGBTQ plus community because of that. Um, mm -hmm. But but they do. It's still really important because it's still the number one concern LGBTQ plus couples have during the wedding planning process is that having to come out to basically every wedding pro that they inquire with. Yes. No, that makes total sense. And that is that is such a great thing to highlight, even as and it I have to be honest, it kind of bums me out to hear that even these, you know, the very inclusive areas and the very progressive areas, that it's not a foregone conclusion. Um, it, it is. It's so tough. And thankfully, the, the LGBTQ plus couples that we've worked with have said that they've had very positive experiences, but it's because they've found one LGBT friendly um, vendor who has mm -hmm. then networked them to other friendly vendors. And it's just such an interesting minefield that they have to traverse. Yeah. I mean, the referrals, like that's that's how a lot of couples are finding their their wedding team is through referrals, whether it's through their planner or their venue um, or on, you know, inclusive sites like Love Inc. where they know mm -hmm. every single vendor who's featured has been vouched for, the homework's been done for them because wedding planning is supposed to be stressful. It's not supposed to be heartbreaking. You know, you're yeah. not supposed to be, you know, this venue that you've had your eye on and it's your dream wedding venue, imagine, you know, what it feels like to be told you can't get married there because of who you are or who mm -hmm. you love. Um, and that's, I hear those stories 
all the time. And so it really drives me to continue, you know, preaching this and and sharing the content and sharing the education with wedding pros directly um, to really help evolve the industry. That's such a great motivation that you have to to be able to do that. And something that you said really jumped out at me when you said doing that homework, because there's already so much homework involved in planning a wedding. And like you said, so what did you much. say? It's supposed to be tough. I yeah, like <laughs> it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be stressful. It's supposed to be challenging. But yeah, and it shouldn't be heartbreaking. And, and LGBTQ plus couples have this whole other level, this whole other layer to worry about. Um, so when they can see from whether it's the vendor's marketing or their website or the language that they use, when they can see from the get-go that this person is equality-minded, they are eager to work with me, they celebrate my love and who I am, they are 86% more likely to inquire with that vendor because of that. Yeah, exactly. And and like you said, if they don't have to do that deep dive and filter through someone's website to try and find the right language, right. then that's saving them so much hassle. Um, when you say the homework, weddings are supposed to be tough, it is because you have to make decisions, not because you have to avoid being discriminated against and having someone say that you are not valid because of some intrinsic part of who you are. 100%. And you know, even as Things have gotten easier because as we live in the digital age, which allows us to do things like talk from, you know, thousands of miles away from each other, mm -hmm. as we found all these tools that are online with major brands, you know, the major, of course, the major player in the wedding planning space is The Knot. And then you've got, you know, Wedding Wire, you've got many other um, wedding planning websites. And even as these tools have gotten wider spread, sometimes things like inclusivity can slip under the radar. It is, and it and it happens, especially when you know these m huge websites have thousands upon thousands of vendors in their directory. Um, it's e you know it's it's easy to let some slip through the cracks accidentally, of course, because I know both both of those corporations, um, or I guess now one corporation, um, <laughs> yeah. is is a very quality minded co corporation. I've I've worked closely with the knot for a long time, um, so I know that they do make effort, but at the same time they're there's so many vendors on their site that it's hard to sift through all of them to confirm their equality mindedness. So, yes. and that's kind of where loving differs is that we are smaller. We're a small business. We are smaller, much smaller publication. So we're able to really, you know, vouch for every single vendor. It's, it's a lot of extra steps, um, mm -hmm. a lot of extra time spent, but for me, it's important to do that so that, you know, heaven forbid, I would hate for, you know, a couple to find, this gorgeous, you know, floral designer that they love their work on my site and then reach out and turns out that that person is not willing to work with them. Um, yes. I don't ever, ever want to have that happen. And I've been in business seven years. It's, it has not happened yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, and it's just those steps, it's extra steps, but they're important steps. They are so important. And and you said it's time that's spent, but it's time well spent because you are taking that extra time to do that deep dive, to do that homework. And the only reason that I bring up The Knot is that it is, I, I don't want to say an industry standard, but it's a name that everyone recognizes. Mm -hmm. um, when I had my wedding uh, 15 years ago, I don't remember how long ago it was now, but we used that and it was a very handy tool. Something happened recently, a couple of years ago, they said, well, since we are an equality-minded organization, we assume that all of our vendors are. They used to have an LGBT-friendly badge that you had on your profile, and they did away with that. And they said, all of our vendors are LGBT-friendly. However, 
that's not always the case. In fact, there are a few major vendors in my area um, who specifically and explicitly don't work with same-sex couples. And it's things like that because that's such a large organization that slips through the cracks. I mean, have you have you found that same um, – have you have you noticed that? Um, I – I know that a few stories have gone viral of, um, you know, vendors who have been found other not to be um, non-inclusive. And I know that when it is, when the not is approached with that information, they are very quick to take down that vendor's profile page. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, it's, it's kind of more of a, you know, it's less proactive and more reactive. Um, mm-hmm. But I think given how many vendors that they have on their site, that's, that's their way of, of handling it, um, yeah. which is better than nothing. I, you know, I applaud them for sure. for making that effort. Um, but yeah, I mean, the ideal situation would be to literally go through every single vendor and confirm with them their equality mindedness um, directly. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, the ideal situation. Um, but again, you know, that's mm-hmm. a lot of people to go through. <laughs> It is versus Love Inc., which has the proactive, which has the more proactive approach to it, in which vendors have to opt in basically to say right. that they are equality minded and they are willing to serve all couples. Right. It's part of um, for our vendor guide. It's part of our application process. It's a question on the application, um, and for you know we we feature all weddings, not just LGBTQ plus. So with the hetero weddings, I email myself personally every single listed professional who worked that wedding to mm-hmm. confirm their equality mindedness. And if we don't hear from some of them or if some of them, you know, respond back and say that, no, we do not work with same-sex couples, which has happened many times, um, we simply mm-hmm. just don't, you know, move forward with publishing. Um, but again, you know, that's that's the essence of Love, Inc. Um, equality mindedness is, is our entire brand. So. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you decide to, to take that, that impetus? How did you decide to take that motivation from the get-go? So I had been working, I've always been an editor, um, lifestyle editor, and I had a few freelance clients who uh, were wedding blogs. And so I was writing for a couple of different wedding blogs and really saw that there was this separate, you know, separate entity. So the media was either talking to a bride and groom, it was very heteronormative, Mm -hmm. or the resources out there for LGBTQ plus were just for LGBTQ plus. Mm-hmm. Um, no one was being truly inclusive with their content because I, you know, I felt like, well, when you separate it, it implies that it's different, which kind of defeats this right. whole purpose of equality, right? So right. I was like, no one's being truly inclusive where it's equal representation of hetero and LGBTQ plus content is written with, you know, all types of love in mind. Um, so I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and um <laughs> And I kind of, that's how I got started. I launched in uh, October 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're going on seven years now. And it's just been something that, I mean, when I started it, I hoped by now it would have been a moot point and we would have just Mm -hmm. been, you know, another wedding pub. But um, still, it's still very, very much needed. And, um, you know, I've kind of, you know, Created my content. I I also now educate wedding pros. I I travel and I speak with different chapters, wedding pro chapters around the nation, and educating them on inclusivity. So I've kind of expanded the brand to more, you know, not just content for couples, but also education for wedding pros to just really help help evolve. That is outstanding, and it is something that is an evolution because we found that um, when I first started working in the wedding industry and I was kind of getting my own business up and running, pretty much 
all, and this was about eight years ago, pretty much all of the resources and all of the models and templates out there were very heteronormative. Or like you said, if they were LGBT inclusive, they were more LGBT exclusive. Right. And so what's the the old term separate but equal right. is just not a thing. We all know that's a terrible idea. That's not a thing. Separate does not mean equal. Exactly. So being being so inclusive, having them all together like that, really the the inclusion is is what lets everyone feel comfortable and what feel like their love is just as valid and yeah. awesome. Yeah. And and it's it's not a gay wedding. It's just a wedding. Yes. And that's just how we have approached it. We don't make it a thing. It's like everyone can find inspiration and ideas from anyone's wedding, whether, you know, no matter who's getting married. Though I mm-hmm. will say, you know, you still like to see who you are in the wedding inspiration, whether that's, you know, race or size or orientation or identity, you want to see yourself represented. So yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and a lot of the classic, you know, thinking back 20 years or so, uh, a lot of the classic wedding pubs that you would see back then would just be all, you know, skinny white brides marrying skinny white grooms. Yes. But now, thankfully, and then looking at your, looking at your Instagram, the diversity is so awesome because you do see brides and grooms a different you know again different skin colors then you see you know same sex different sex you see all sorts of different kinds of folks celebrating their love in their unique way and it's just so it it makes my heart happy yeah we i mean our focus is on lgbtq plus inclusivity but i definitely try to create all the content with just general diversity in mind whether that's you know size race culture um, and if I don't get those submissions, because, you know, as far as like love, loving mag content, mm-hmm. I can only publish what I submit, what, what's yeah. submitted to me. Um, but on our Instagram, I really encourage, um, it sharing of, you know, inspiration that we find elsewhere that we love that showcases love in all forms and, and diversity. And, um, you know, we really just try to showcase that content and, you know, inclusion on all, all types yeah, absolutely. I even, you know, and again, you listed so many amazing things. Even age, I see some couples that have mixed ages or older couples because, you know, a lot of times they get left out too. Exactly. So I, I love to see you representing that. Oh, this is going to be my new favorite page to check every day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if if couples are looking for an inclusive-minded vendor or inclusive-minded planner, Obviously, Love Inc. is going to be a great stop for them. What other tools or what other things should they be looking for to to help them kind of suss out without having to put in hours and hours of work? Right. So first and foremost, if you go to their website, um, you know, look at their galleries and the images that they're using because if they have done an LGBTQ plus wedding, they're likely showcasing it on their website um, or on their Instagram. So just really like dive into their galleries and see if any of their previous clients happen to have been, you know, same sex. Mm -hmm. Another one is you can evaluate their language. Um, So a lot of, you know, a lot of vendors are still marketing to the bride and Mm -hmm. hey, brides, you know, check this out. So if they have made the effort to give gender neutral options and say, you know, talking to couples or talking to soonlyweds, something that's, that's not... Um, gender specific, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, making that effort is a really good, you know, way of of saying I'm equality minded um, without, you know, waving a rainbow flag. Um, Granted, (laughs) you know, 
it doesn't mean that they're anti-LGBTQ+, if they still are saying bride, just because so many wedding pros are still doing that. Yeah. But it is, it's a good sign if they are making the effort. So, you know, evaluate their language in their About Me section or their Contact Us page. You know, a lot of um, a lot of vendors will have that contact form. And with a drop-down menu to say whether you're the bride or the groom, um, mm-hmm. you know, look for that. And again, if they've made the effort to be gender neutral uh, with their language and, and any options that they give you as far as the Contact Us, that's a great sign. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. I know that we had to go through and change everything. Um, it's not going to lie. My first form was a copy paste of somebody else's, but it had to go through and change everything to mm-hmm. the couple, couples, fiance one, fiance two, your partner, because again, it is, it is really tough. And I even know some, some very inclusive minded wedding pros who've just been in the industry for so long that by reflex, they say brides. So truly I do too. And, and yeah. it's, it's been that way for so long and it's, it's been ingrained into our brains to think bride and groom. Um, mm. So yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. That even the most, you know, LGBTQ friendly wedding pros are still using that language accidentally. And um, when they hear me speak or or if I'm talking to a friend who's been doing it and I call them out on it, it's like a light bulb goes off. They're <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing it. Mm. Um, and it takes practice for them to use more gender neutral options. But, you know, I always encourage vendors, like just keep practicing and eventually it'll just become natural. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, I know that something that we're working on right now is a website redesign where we're including our officiants pronouns. Uh, they're, they're fantastic. And so looking for something even kind of subtle like that might be an indication as well for the LGBT that folks are cognizant of that. They're aware of it and they're supportive of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, another good one is reading their testimonials. So if it's, you know, if you have a testimonial from a Jessica and a Jennifer, um, mm. it's kind of obvious that that is a same-sex <laughs> couple and and you know, you know, okay, this person's worked with LGBTQ plus couples before. Um, mm. You can look at their badges if they've um, been featured on, you know, an inclusive publication such as Love, Inc., um, or an LGBTQ specific wedding pu- publication or blog, and mm-hmm. they have that on their website. Um, that's a great way to show, like, okay, they've done work that features same sex couples. Um, there's certifications out there. I I uh, consult wedding pros, so if they've gone through my consults, then you know they have a badge to share. Um, mm-hmm. Gay Wedding Institute is another really fantastic consultation um, mm-hmm. for for LGBTQ plus. So if they have that listed on their site, um, that's kind of like they've gone through the process and and they are very much equality minded. Well, and that's something for equality minded vendors out there who are listening right now who may not know how to openly display that they are. And there's a concern sometimes that folks have about alienating their their hetero couples. Um, most hetero couples who are equality minded aren't going to be alienated by having a lot of those those motions out there, those indicators out there. And if uh, if those vendors out there like me are writing down all these certifications that they have to get, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll try and include those in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, and what's that's, uh, you know, a lot of people think, well, oh, if I market to LGBTQ plus couples, I'm missing out on this entire demographic of hetero, which, yeah, sure, it is the larger of the two demographics. But at the same time, um, especially with younger millennials and Gen Z coming up, 
this stuff matters to them. They, even if they are a hetero couple, they want to make sure that, you know, they're working with wedding pros who, you know, share the same values that they do, who, you know, Mm -hmm. they know that they'll be comfortable around their guests and that their guests will have a good experience because they're going to have non-binary or LGBTQ plus people at their wedding. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just because they, the couple themselves are not LGBTQ doesn't mean that it's not important to them. Absolutely. Yeah. We found that the younger generations, and I can say that because I'm old, um, (laughs) the younger generations definitely engage in a lot more values-based buying and values-based purchases. Um, They love to put their money where their heart is. And so exactly like you said that if your couples that you're working with aren't part of the LGBT community, but they're probably going to appreciate that you do like working with that. So that is, that is great advice. Yes, definitely. Yeah, this is so great. I really, really enjoy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I keep scrolling through your Instagram too. It's just so, <laughs> it's so very refreshing to see again just couples of every different stripe and and every different you know aesthetic. Uh, you know, we see of course your traditional formal, and then but then you see some leather and lace. It's mm, so good. Yeah, we really try. Um, I have a girl who who runs my Instagram. And she she does an amazing job with it. She just like nails our brand so well with the mm-hmm. images that she chooses to feature. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that we've I hadn't thought too much about in the past. And just this year, I was really like, okay, we need to we need to beef this up a little bit. Um, so <laughs> I, I started prioritizing it more this year, and it's it's paying off. We we've, we've been growing our Instagram following a lot more quickly than we were before. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And that's so great to hear. You know, and a lot of couples are looking on social media for for vendors, for publications to see if they are, uh, to see if they are, again, have those matching values. So that's another place where your vendors can, can highlight their values. Yeah, absolutely. You know, put it, whether it's the imagery that you share um, or in your bio, like I see a lot of wedding pros in their bio, you know, using that space to show that they are equality minded. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, definitely a great way to kind of showcase it again without, you know, waving a huge rainbow flag. Because I think, you know, a lot of people, I, and I know it's still used today and um, couples are still looking for them, but the rainbow badges I think the rainbow is a little um, – it's still very much a pride symbol, of course. But mm. I think there's you know, more organic ways of sharing your inclusivity without like making it about a rainbow, if sure. that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes total sense. I And I feel slightly called out because we definitely have the pride flag in our Instagram bio. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Instagram bio. I'm like badges on the websites. Mm, yeah. That are very distracting, you know, aesthetically, you know, speaking yes. on the website, yeah. which I mean, it's like I said, you know, couples still seek them out. But um, I think it's even better if you kind of showcase it just very organically in mm-hmm. your marketing if you're a wedding pro. So when you're about me putting the pronouns on there, like you mentioned earlier, um, just mm-hmm. really making it just a part of your marketing and part of who you are as a business versus like, you know, we love the gays. <laughs> Here's a <our> rainbow flag. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, because there's there's a difference between having it be part of uh, a business's organic philosophy versus pandering. Right. There's absolutely a difference between that. And and couples, 
should be able to feel that difference, hopefully, as they're looking through a vendor's bio. Yeah. And um, one thing I do discuss a lot with wedding pros is that line between equality-mindedness and tokenizing. Yes. And a lot of times people cross that without realizing it. You know, they're trying to be inclusive, but they're actually tokenizing. Yes. Um, so it's a fine line to to walk and you have to really make sure that you're coming from a genuine place and not just doing it because you want to book more LGBTQ clients. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that is, like you said, a very, very thin line to walk. Um, you want to make sure that you're able to serve all couples who are a match for you with your aesthetic, your style, your communication, while not trying to just say, what did you say? We love the gays. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, it makes me cringe. So hard. I'll hear wedding pros just say, oh my God, I love gay weddings. They're so fun. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just another, like, don't make it. I don't know. When, when they say that, it's just, it, it's tokenizing. It's like putting mm. an entire demographic of people into this one small mindset that you have about them. Yes. Um, and it's, I mean, every couple is different, no matter who they are, who they love. Mm. Um, you know, some may want rustic, some may want industrial modern, um, you know, keep it, you know, and keep them individual. Don't, don't group yes. LGBTQ couples all together. Right. You know, they don't all want unicorns and drag queens at their wedding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it, I think there's that. Oh, sorry, I'm just, that would be a real fun wedding though, I will say. And, and I have featured mind. weddings like that and they're, they, <laughs> they look amazing. The photography is awesome. Um, super fun. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it's all like based on the individual couple's style and personality, their yes. own love story versus, you know the fact whether or not they're gay or not. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, and, and again, not to, not to tokenize here, comma, however, uh, one of the weddings that I did was for two of my very good friends uh, who happened to be gay, but they wanted a very, very religious ceremony because they were both raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so that wedding in and of itself was actually very formal, very structured, very classic, and would not be what most people think of as a big air quotes, gay wedding. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it was, it's, it, you know, if a vendor wants to say something like, I love being able to serve the LGBT community because I love that they will feel welcomed by me. That's different than I love gay weddings. Right. Exactly. And I think, you know, like you said, every, you know, wedding is different. I've definitely featured religious based ceremonies and, and more formal weddings who, you know, they just happen to have, be an LGBTQ mm -hmm. couple. And um, every couple's different, whether they're hetero or LGBTQ. And, um, you know, they should have the wedding that represents them. Absolutely. Now, here's something that I would love to get your take on since you are in New York, which is, um, you know, we know that the wedding trends and a lot of the wedding industry advancements tend to come on the coasts and then filter their way here to the Midwest five to 10 years later, we still have mason jars. It's, mm -hmm. it's something we're, <laughs> we're dealing with it. <sighs> but um, we are seeing a lot more couples uh, with who have one or both members are non-binary and so, or gender fluid, gender queer, however they identify. What are some um, pronouns or titles that you've seen or that you've come into contact with, because we haven't really seen a whole lot here in the Midwest. Um, you know, traditionally we still hear a lot of bride and bride or groom and groom when it comes to an LGBT wedding. Are there many, um, in this developing language and this developing culture, are there many non gender specific wedding 
titles, pronouns? What would you call those? Not not gender specific, wedding specific ones. Um, mm. I've heard the term broom used, <laughs> which makes me uncomfortable because I'm in my mind it's like anything that has to do with the closet. Like it just doesn't Ooh, feel yeah. right. Um, so I have heard that used some, um, mm-hmm. but not really. Um, I would say you know pronouns. Just the normal mm-hmm. pronouns that you'd you'd have for non-binary people. Mm-hmm. Um, and another tip for wedding pros is to um, for Mister and Misses also put MX as an yep. option because that's a very popular non-binary um, mm-hmm. non-binary option. Um, but yeah, as far as like wedding specific, not I haven't come across any that are are widely used, and um, you know people will make up their own, but it's more based on their personality and and their mm-hmm. own, you know, who yeah. they are, an individual versus it being used on a regular basis. Yeah. So that might be somewhere, something that some enterprising uh, young wedding planner might find something that's really great and come up with that and they'll be the next big thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I really do appreciate all of your ideas and, and such a great resource. And like I said, your heart for inclusivity and your heart for serving this this demographic in the wedding industry is so awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Is there anything coming up for you or for Love Inc. that you want to promote? Um, so we are working on our um, V7 issue, print issue, mm. which I'm really excited about. We've kind of had to put it on hold because we were just about to shoot our big fashion editorial for it before it was in March, right before COVID. Oh, um, yeah. So it was like it happened, like the planning was, it was supposed to be like a week later and then COVID hit. So we had to push it back and push it back and push it back. <laughs> so right now sure. we're kind of just on pause and waiting for, you know, the go ahead to, to move forward with, with production. Um, so we'll see when I can, you know, I get to do that, but it is on the horizon. <laughs> the rest of the issues, you know, ready to go. It's just kind of mm-hmm. waiting on that, on that shoot. So, um, so that's a big, big one. And yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the big thing. Um, other than that, you know, we're still producing content on, on a regular basis on the blog on lovingmag.com mm-hmm. and on our social platforms. So you can definitely, you know, fresh content's always there. <laughs> excellent. And excellent. So that's lovingmag.com. And then on Instagram, it's at lovingmag. Yep. Across all social platforms, it's at lovingmag. Excellent. Cool. I love consistency. That's so good. <laughs> cool. So we'll link all those in the show notes so everyone can go and, and follow you and follow the journey. And then the last question I ask all of our listeners is what is something right now, even in the midst of all this craziness <laughs> that is refreshing your soul or bringing you joy? I would say, um, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. I have a three-year-old and um, I'm also pregnant with twins. They're due in August. Whew. Yeah, it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot, um, you know, parenting and working full time and, and being yeah. pregnant. But I will say it's been such a joy to have this time with my mm-hmm. child that I would not have had because she she goes to daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, so having all this extra time with her, especially before, you know, our world is completely turned upside down with twins, <laughs> newborn mm-hmm. twins. <laughs> Um, it's been, it's been really, really special. And I've been trying to, you know, as frustrating, as frustrating as it can be some days, um, I really try to keep that in a perspective that, you know, I'm lucky to be getting this time with her because 
I wouldn't have had it otherwise. So amidst, amid, amidst all this, you know, COVID stress, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of seeing seeing the upside in things. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand. I have a four year old, and so I yeah. understand completely. <laughs> It's, a, it's an age. I mean, they're very energetic at this age. <laughs> yes. And how. Yeah. He's uh, my wife did a activity with him this morning. Uh, and part of it was the phases of the moon, but they were illustrated with Oreos and scooping the cream out. So you oh, show. that's fun. I might I might have to do that. <laughs> and she let him eat the cream. So he's just been bouncing off the wall yeah. since eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> Brittany, thank you again. I really appreciate it. You've been such a pleasure to talk to. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash youridocrew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get married. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.